0: which then draws, it means that each person at the business is gonna have to bring their game up at the same time that talent brings in more business, at the same time that talent teaches younger people to be better and there's more leadership.
1: You're listening to The Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you wanna live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.
0: Hello Right Club Nation. It's Laurel Simmons here. Before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out our online community yet? I really hope you do because our online community is a place where you can find lots of education, training and information about real estate investing and about general business. Plus it's a great place to network with like-minded people. We have interactive forums all our podcast episodes, and tons of videos about a wide range of topics. It's free to join, so be sure to come grow with us at thewriteclub.com. Now, on with our podcast.
2: Welcome, Right Club Nation. I'm Sarah Larby. I'm here with my co-host. Today is Alfonso Salemi joining me, and we are going to be interviewing Matthew Frederick. Probably, I don't know how many times he's been on the podcast probably four or five, um, but we are digging into commercial real estate investing and uh, current trends. So really exciting stuff. But before we get into that, Alfonso, what's new on your end?
1: Yeah, not too much. You know what? Adjusting to the new norm. I love that we got a whole new batch of podcasts coming out. More information. So, guys, keep on, uh, keep on following. We appreciate you guys, the Right Club Nation, listening in and supporting. Make sure you like and uh, and rate our podcast and share it with a friend. And yeah, just continuing on with the rent to own business. Obviously, been some uh, some uh, different times with COVID, but we're we're still trucking along and still doing deals and, and helping people become homeowners. And uh, yeah, really getting to interact with people uh, on the Right Club community website at rightclub.com and, and uh, have some really good chats and been able to connect with people one on one. It's a little bit different than the in-person stuff, but, but yeah, that's what's been going on. How about you, Sarah? I know that you are freshly retired, almost two full weeks into the retirement life. Uh, are you busier? Are you less busier? What's going on? How are you adjusting?
2: <laughs> you know what? I've, I've, uh, I've been busy doing some podcasts and some stuff with The Right Club, but it's only because the last two weeks I've pushed everything to the first two weeks of October. But i'm uh, i'm currently working on just looking at my schedule and like just like planning like stuff right stuff in there where i'm not you know working 40 hours a week i do not want to work 40 hours a week so for example like when we're doing podcasting not that i consider it work but it still requires me to be in front of my computer as an example so like i'm trying to chunk all of that stuff so like on mondays will be like all the podcasts and the right club meetings and then i'm like actually scheduling in like all my workouts and all that good stuff and like what I'm going to have like days off. So I'm working on my schedule, which is really exciting in, in a couple weeks or by the time that you guys hear this, I should have like a really cool, awesome new schedule. And it's good. It's important for me to have it around lifestyle, right? I mean, you do real estate investing to be able to take that time back and to live life on your terms, doing what you want, how you want, not really where you want so far. Cause if I, it was where I wanted to be somewhere warm right now, but borders are, you know, not close, but it's just a little bit more of a hassle to travel. So, um, but you know, I'm super excited because I can uh, I can find some new hobbies or take some new classes. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it for sure.
1: Yeah, that's awesome, man. You know what? And that's a, a testament to you and your successes. You are such a creature of habit. Like you, like you get so excited talking about your new schedule versus I'm <laughs> like I, I like I kind of like the chaos sometimes. Sometimes, but you're right. And I think we got into it a little bit into the podcast about what we want, right? Enjoying it along the way. It's not just about okay, the next one, next one, next one. You have to come up, take a little breath of air, enjoy what's around you, enjoy the people that are around you, and uh, and then move forward, and then keep going and keep building right? So um, if you're not enjoying those things, whether it's work and you want to leave your job and retire like Sarah did, right? Or if you want to build a business around real estate and and now like, you know, I, I think of a real rent to own a passive income. I'm like, yeah, passive for everybody but us in our business, right? But like it's things that we develop and we want to do and you have to enjoy it along the way, no matter what it is. So uh yeah, um, we get into a lot of different things on the podcast. Matt is a, a great friend and a, an amazing asset that we have at the Right Club community, and he's helped so many of the Right Club nation uh, get closer to their goals, and that's what we're all about. So we really hope you enjoy this podcast, and uh, yeah, let's get to it.
2: All right, let's do it.
1: Hey, and welcome, uh, welcome to the podcast again, Mr. Matthew Frederick. Uh, it's a pleasure to, uh, to have you back on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today.
0: Great to be here, Alfonso. Great to be here.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, if the Right Club Nation, if you guys haven't heard of Matthew Frederick, thanks. This must be your first day on the internet or uh, or anything to do with uh, with real estate. No, I'm just kidding. We uh we affectionately we love Matt. He is one of the most well renowned realtor, or real estate investors. Uh, that we know and has done all different types of strategies. So for his bio and his info, you can check out previous uh, podcasts or or he's on the Right Club community as well too. You can find him on there, but uh, we want to get right into it. So we brought him out on. We want to talk a little bit about commercial real estate, right? And that's a huge topic now, what the changes thing, all the things that are going on with commercial. But let's start off with even maybe defining that a little bit of, you know, what is
0: commercial real estate? Because some people may not even know. So commercial real estate has a few spaces. You know, I think everybody knows about multifamily, which is, you know, six units, uh, 24 units, 60 units. Today we'll talk more about maybe retail space, Uh, commercial is also office space, it's warehousing, and to a certain degree, it's self-storage. But uh, the buzz more today is like what's happening with retail, what's happening with commercial. And again, uh, there's also street level and high-rise house. So those are the, let's say, five categories.
2: Okay. Awesome. So in general, before we get into, you know, what's happening right now, what are some of the benefits of investing in this commercial realm of things rather than residential for, you know, you've been doing it for 30 plus years. You know, what are some of the the biggest benefits that you see being a commercial real estate investor?
0: Well, if I'm into retail or I'm into office, even warehousing, uh, I don't have a fridge or stove, washer, dryer, kids or pets to deal with or a lot of complaints. Uh, this tenant is playing music too loud, that one is uh, you know, uh, smoking You know, crazy crazy uh, types of cigarettes. So it's more of a business environment, number one. Number two, I like the fact that people technically pay a dollar per square foot rent, the way it should be done, and they pay a dollar per square foot for all the taxes I have to pay, the maintenance and insurance. And maintenance is anything from you know, uh, pest control to repairs and property management. And if that's taken care of, then all of a sudden, I don't have to take money out of my pocket as much to actually fix things. And at the end of the year, if things are broken, I can pass that back onto my tenant. So I find it's, um, it, it's a great way to make more money with, let's say, less hassle. I've always enjoyed that about commercial. And we don't have really a landlord or tenant board. It's based on your lease. So if someone does not pay their rent, technically you can lock them out in 15 days and uh, that's it. So again, today you have to be more passionate about or more empathetic about what's going on. But again, I always like getting away from the landlord board. Uh, They're great, but I I like uh, commercial because we don't have one. Especially you're being, like, you're being too kind. Ontario,
2: I mean, for, for landlords out there, just looking at and reading the residential tenancies act, I mean, and, and just looking at what's happening with the LTB, it, it's that commercial piece definitely feel like is appealing. Of course there's, there's pros and cons to every single strategy, but you know, like, are you able to share some of the downsides of uh, investing in commercial?
0: Yeah, if I have a retail plaza, a strip plaza, and I have maybe a location to rent that's 3,000 square feet, you know, it might take six months to eight months to rent that space. And Whereas if you got an apartment, a two-bedroom apartment, you can rent that much faster. Uh, sometimes it's harder to finance, especially if I have, let's say, a strip plaza with some restaurants in there. Banks are not crazy about financing restaurants because they, have, they go to business faster. So th- th- those situations that uh, arise, that they become sort of harder to finance and sometimes harder to fill those spaces. Now, 1,000 square feet is a lot easier than 10,000 square feet. I've had an office building where uh, 10,000 square feet became available and it took me about nine months to fill it. Again, it depends on where you are because some places there are uh, waiting lists, but generally it's about the leasing, how long it takes to lease it, how long it takes to get a great tenant. Obviously. The great part is you can set your own rates and the market will keep you within reason. There is no landlord board to tell me exactly what I'm going to give as a a rent. So that's great. And I get longer leases, five-year, 10-year leases. But at the same time, when somebody walks away, yes, you're going to sit empty for a while and that can hurt.
1: So obviously selecting the types of properties, the locations of them, you know, we always get down to the fundamentals of where do you want these properties and and we talk about like now the climate, right? The climate's changed and, you know, there's, you mentioned restaurants, right? And now if I had a, you know, a commercial strip plaza and maybe two or three restaurants in there, I'm kind of, well, I don't have any more hair to lose, but I'm getting more worried, right? So when when you're identifying them, we're trying to acquire these properties, it might be a little bit easier. Maybe give us a little bit of insight of, yeah, the pre-COVID, post-COVID, during COVID on, on acquiring them, like the fundamentals and now adapting to, to the new world out there now.
0: Well, you know, I always say that uh, most things in the world are people problems. Even when I was a systems analyst for IBM, you know, 90% of the time it was not a computer problem, it was a people problem. You know, what information they put in, you know, um, what maintenance they apply to the the system. Well, it's the same thing with real estate. Location's great, but it's about who do you have in there as your tenant? And is that business survivable? Will it survive the internet? Will it survive a depression or recession? Survive a pandemic, so it's all about who is in there, and that's that's critical. And then secondly, of course, a great location. Now, you know, when it comes to retail space and even office space pre-COVID, pretty much uh, it was hard to get inventory. You know, I have a wellness clinic in Toronto, and I wanted to set up a second one, and it was so difficult just to get space. So pre-COVID, it was hard to get space. At the same time, uh, it was expensive. The prices were pretty high. And, you know, the lease negotiation was, was pretty intense. You know, post-COVID, I find now that, you know, the larger companies, the more institutionalized companies, they actually are paying their rent. So governments paying their rent. The, large, you know, the banks are paying their rent. It's the smaller uh, to medium-sized businesses that they're like 55% of them are having a problem. And then the street-level stores, they're having a problem. So right now, inventory is going to open up. And if inventory opens up, prices should come down a bit. And at the same time, it should open the market up for us. And this will happen, I think, over the next year. It all depends on how many, um, let's say, properties, how many businesses fail. But there are large companies now who are, instead of buying or renting in one large block, let's say downtown Toronto, they may then expand out to the suburbs. So instead of just urban everybody, they may have a satellite office in the suburbs, so it's not as though they're renting less space; they're renting the same chunk of space, but less in Toronto. Uh, let's say sixty percent in Toronto, maybe ten uh, percent in Vaughan, ten percent in Mississauga, ten percent in Ajax or something, right? You know, so it's a dispersion of space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm really seeing because in Canada there's about five hundred and thirty million square feet of office retail space, and that has to be filled.
1: And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors.
2: Right Club Nation, let's take a quick minute here to meet our sponsor for the week, Blackjack Contracting. They've been serving Niagara, Hamilton, and Brantford areas and for the past three years becoming the area's largest basement suite renovation specialist.
1: That's right, and Blackjack works with real estate investors, both new and experienced, converting single-family homes into multiple legal suites and renovating properties to achieve their maximum potential and value.
2: Absolutely, and they've completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls,
1: the house always wins. So now, back to the podcast. And now, back to the show.
2: Do you think that's happening in other cities? I know you mentioned Toronto. You know, this is uh, there's likely somebody listening in Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary. Do you think this is going to be in major cities across the country?
0: Yeah, I think the major cities, the Torontos, the Calgarys, the Vancouver's are going to take a bit of a hit. And again, I don't think it's going to be as bad as people think. You know, it's going to be bad, but not as bad as people think. Because a lot of people have to realize something. Uh, Businesses are about talent. That's the key thing about business, talent. Now, why am I talking about business, not about real estate? Because as a landlord, where I make money is when I have great tenants. And great tenants are businesses with great talent. In order to bring talent to a business, the business has to have a great culture. To have a great culture, you must have a great environment but to have a great environment, you must have a great office space. So to get good talent, you must have good culture. To get good culture, you must have good environment. To get good environment, you have to have great office space. For instance, if I, if I have, a, if I have a, a, a basketball team, I can build a great arena. That's the great location. But if I bring somebody, somebody who's not a key player, we're not going to get great results in that business. You see? So you have to bring a LeBron James or you have to bring, let's say, a Michael Jordan talent to the business which then draws, it means that each person at the business is gonna have to bring their game up. At the same time that talent brings in more business, at the same time that talent teaches younger people to be better and there's more leadership. So that's the businesses I'm focusing on. And these large businesses, they need space because talent is not gonna show up to a little dinky office or virtual office. Now, maybe in 10 years, they will. Because the only thing that's happened with COVID is where we are in 2021. Now, ultimately by 2029, we, we would have to be more uh, decentralized. COVID forced us to be there sooner. But big, big talent, they wanted to see that big sign. Waterhouse coopers they want to see Bank of Montreal. They want to see that big company stuff. So all that to say to you, big companies are still going to need space. They're not going to just disappear and run away from Toronto because we rent space because of talent. We need to bring talent when, you know, when you look the part.
1: Yeah. And, and I think as you know, the, obviously the virtual and the, and the work from home, that type of that office space, everybody does seem this, like it was almost like a mass exodus or a forced exodus from it and, and companies and businesses were really pushed in that situation of how do they adapt into that virtual world and now you are seeing it now people still coming in getting together in smaller groups and, and safe social distance and need that area but maybe what are some of the industries that you know are resilient like I think of like medical right and doctors and and, and pharmacies and things like that where you can't go you know maybe some cases there are virtual doctors I don't know if there are out there that'd be Really weird, I don't know, but like, what are some of the industries that, when if you're buying a building or you're looking at a building to potentially buy, you're saying, okay, these are the type of industries that I want to attract so that I can make sure that it can withstand those issues?
0: Yeah, so, you know, when it comes to, to offices, you know, I do like the accounting firms, I do like the law firms, because even though these things can be done uh, with workers at home, the fact is there's a certain amount of security that's required, there's a certain amount of talent that has to come together to share knowledge back and forth. So if it's legal accounting, if it's medical retail, any way, shape, or form, even though, uh, let's say, uh, cosmetics and hair and beauty uh, and gyms have not done well in this pandemic, it's still going to be required and it's still needed because you have to go to the gym here and where you live. You can't just send your muscles to China, have them fixed and then sent back. You literally have to be here to do it. So any business that, that requires you to be here is gonna be something that's needed. But you know, I, I made a few notes. If you're into businesses that do airflow, you know, like that it's looking at a building and improving its airflow, those are businesses that are gonna do really good. Cleaning systems, businesses that clean, you know, businesses do really good. Any sort of uh, touchless systems. So if, if I have a company right now who's renting for me and they invent touchless systems for uh, buildings, so now they they have expanded tremendously. So really you would look at all the, the one businesses that have worked very well in COVID and those are the ones you want to start with. And then you wanna fall off to most likely the ones that can survive a recession and then uh, maybe the internet after. So
2: awesome. So there's, there's a lot of investors thinking maybe I should get into commercial real estate. It seems really interesting and you know I could Reach out to some of those businesses or try to track some of those businesses that you just mentioned that are, you know, quote unquote recession proof. So in all crises, or in this case, a pandemic, and there's likely going to be some kind of economic turmoil, I don't know to what extent, there's wealth that gets created, right? The 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 opportunity could be extremely great, like great for people that take advantage of it. So What are some things that people can start doing now? uh, You know, whether it's door knocking, starting to talk to the, the owners, looking at certain plazas. I'm just giving you examples. You don't have to use those. But what are some things that people could do so that they don't miss the opportunity to be able to get some potentially discounted opportunity, you know, discounted commercial real estate?
0: Well, you know, this year so far with my mentees, we found about 14. Now we're up to 16 off market deals. And uh, you know what, that's in the pandemic year. So it means that people, and by the way, most of the people that we spoke to did not plan to sell their property until after we spoke to them. Of course, we went through a process. So people right now are on the fence and if you present to them, you create that connection and you plant the seed about perhaps selling, some people wanna move on to that next level. And I find that it's really getting getting out there and speaking to property owners, or you know, uh, plaza owners, multifamily business owners, or even uh, office building owners, and to see if they're ready to move on. And you know, if I talk to twelve business, uh, twelve property owners, I find that one says, "Hey, you know what? It's a miracle that you showed up. We were just thinking about selling." The other one says, "I'm not selling, but make me an offer." And once that settles in and that uh, boils down, now they really want to sell, six out of the 12 will say not selling, still growing. To those, we figure out what they want and we assign properties to them. So the one who's selling, I may not even buy. I might assign that property to that person. When you assign a $2 million building, getting a $100,000 assignment fee. And then the other four who are not looking at moving or doing anything, sometimes they have equity and you can convince maybe one of them to invest with you in another joint venture where you're the arms and legs because they're too tired and maybe another one it has their property you know for retirement and but they still want to be in the game so you're the arms and legs so quickly you talk to 12 people if you talk to them the correct way two will sell six will want to take over a deal that you can assign them to them two of the the other four will end up allowing you to do some kind of JV with them or, uh, you know, financing you with their, 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 their equity. Hey, but I think you said it, Sarah, you have to get out there and do something about it, not just sit back and say, wow, scary times. I should sit, sit home. You know, I don't want to go out there and, and I might get eaten by a wolf. And now we're going
1: to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors.
2: Hey, Right Club Nation, I just wanted to take a moment and introduce you to today's podcast sponsor, privatebuyers.ca. On your team of experts, you're gonna wanna make sure that you have a great wholesaler that's gonna bring you some great deals off market. So most real estate investors, they're struggling to find their next deal, private buyers. They help investors by bringing them some off market opportunities at under market value so that they can make more money. These discounted real estate deals are not on the MLS. They've been found by privatebuyers.ca who will then send them to your inbox. And they're also going to focus on your criteria and your goals and send you some tailored deals that match your needs. It's just really simple guys. Just go to privatebuyers.ca, fill out the form and start getting and seeing some available off market opportunities. Privatebuyers.ca ca now back to the podcast
1: and now back to the show
2: yeah absolutely before, before alfonso asks you a question is like is there is there a specific type of commercial real estate that somebody out there could be looking for like any for lease signs or is there like any signs that get, that maybe say hey you know this person could be could be interested in potentially selling like any telltale
0: things So right now, multifamily is selling more than strip plazas and office buildings only because the banks are still financing multifamily. Uh, What what would normally take 30 days might now take 45 days. If you use CMHC, it would take four months. But uh, you can still get plazas and strip plazas and offices financed, but sometimes the big banks aren't doing it. Sometimes you have to go to a, a secondary bank, pay a little bit of a higher interest rate, maybe 5%, 4.99% for maybe a year or two, and then you jump out. So you can do both. But again, it's a bit more difficult to find finance plazas. You know, there's no real telltale signs of which building. It's pretty much you have to contact the owner. And there are ways to do that by speaking to tenants or speaking to the property managers. And once you contact the owner, it's having that question, hey, I'm here, I want to buy your building. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah. I'm calling, I'm in front of your place. I like it, I wanna buy it. They're like, you wanna buy my building? I go, I wanna buy it. What's well, not for sale. I know it's not for sale, but I love it. And you know what, I love to make an offer. Can we talk about it? All they can say is yes, they can say no, they can say maybe. If they say no, I'll say, hey, you have something else? I'd love to do business with you on that other property. I mean, I'm an investor. I have some donkeys in my portfolio. Maybe you have a donkey or two you wanna sell. Maybe not this building, I'll take a donkey. Donkey is just an ugly problem, right? And at the same time, you know, if they don't want to sell, maybe they're still growing. I'll tell them, if you're still growing, if I find something great? Can I bring it to you for your review and selection? And if you want it, we'll do business and go from there. And you know what? In the end, that's it. And when you do that enough times, do it the right way, with a certain amount of confidence, people respond. So I don't look for clues. I just talk to every owner I can. So my job is to find that owner. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I, I love that advice. And the way that you're doing it, too, is so systematically. You First of all, you're saying, okay, how to how many out of 12? Well, first of all, you have to talk to at least 12 to right. get those numbers, right? And and many more. But then how you're categorizing each one of the yes, no, or maybe, those maybes or no's, well, then you're saying, well, the ones that say yes to me, maybe I can wholesale them or sell them to the no's. And it's kind of the recycling way. And it's a systematic way of not just showing up to a building and saying, okay, I'm going to buy it. And then, oh wait, hold on. Now I have to finance it. I have to find a partner. It's it's setting up that business. It's just not by accident. And that's, what's, that's, what's important. Whether, no matter what strategy or, or investment that you're doing, you have to look at it as a systematic approach in a business that can be recession proof and, and say, okay, now this is where we need to shift." So uh, I love how you do that. And it, it's great because you're turning in those maybes or no's into also a positive yes on another on another question. So that's really great. So I guess a lot of people have been, I myself have been reading, okay, now all these, all these um, ha- office spaces, you know, in major metropolis, you know, we say Toronto, because we're close, but you, you know, Vancouver, Calgary, all these places that have these office spaces, that they're saying, oh, we're going to convert them now into residential, right? And maybe that's one change that people are making to survive Or the possibilities. First of all, you know, none, you need how many toilets, like you said, in all those and all those buildings now and that wasn't set up for all that plumbing. Right. But, uh, but what other changes now in those spaces, if maybe you have those properties or looking to the properties that you can adapt to, to make sure that we can survive the, to make sure that we are pivoting in the right way.
0: Well, you know, I wrote a few down for you guys. So uh, what I'll do, I'm just going to read them off in a sense, just so that if someone's watching, they can just take a note. And you're right. An office building is not that easy to convert into living space because it was not designed to have, Toilets and plumbing on every single uh, floor, every single area. But you know, the building has to have a few changes. And just let me rattle off a few to you. Uh, as I said before, you have to have touchless systems in those buildings. You know, you may have to have like an elevator. Uh, obviously, you can have a lot of lineups, so you have to deal with that. Which means, as a business itself, you can have to work on when people start the job, when they take their breaks, when they go for lunch, when they end the day. So, from the business aspect. Someone's going to have to reshuffle that. The building itself, maybe you have wider hallways, temperature checks, uh, obviously no visitors coming into the building, so more security, you know, a whole lot less community shared spaces than they do today. You know, a lot of businesses over the last 40 years have taken away square footage. People used to have separate offices and cubicles, taken that away. but now they have to bring those, cub- those little cubicles back again. Another thing that, as I mentioned, is airflow systems in buildings. Now the business itself is gonna have to do more things, like I said, staggered start times, alternative days, probably less uh, social perks when people get together, less paper devices where you're going into certain areas. What I found is that buildings today need to offer more. Because in the past, they just had to offer square footage. But now a building has to offer a great digital component that they can actually run you know, all the digital stuff you're doing today, they have to have more green space, a more natural light because and you might even see rooftop parks because people want a bit more now. You know, I made a note that uh, people want more of a flexible workspace. Uh, they want a more, I'll say fun, in other words, a reason to come in because they're literally at home. Okay, so your space has to be more dynamic, more based on people as opposed to, we should squeeze them all in and get as much square footage rental as, as can be. Like I have one building right now, and I'll keep, I'll keep this short. It's 10,000 square feet on one floor. And I had three businesses taking up that 10,000 square feet. Now, what I'm doing is four businesses taking up 8,000 square feet and I have a shared area for 2,000 square feet, but we're focusing on cleaning that shared area. So these businesses are sharing the printing area sharing the boardrooms as four completely different businesses that had their own boardrooms, had their own reception areas. But now we bring them all together and we clean the common area better. So 99.9999% you know, bacteria kill. So again, it's just about working your space better than how we used to work it before. And that draws people in.
2: That's interesting. So, so as an investor, like how much of this is going to be your money spent to do this versus more of a, a, of a consultant's basis, consulting these companies to, you know, change up their, their layouts a little bit so that people can be more distance Because I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, wow, if I have to start doing this as a, as a commercial landlord, like things can get
0: expensive very quickly. Well, that was a, bit, that's a very smart comment to me because ultimately that's a whole new industry where somebody has to now come in and be that expert, almost like a a wardrobe consultant. Now, you have to have consultants come in and look at that office space, because just because you can manage a property or you can buy a great building and negotiate it doesn't mean you know how to use that space wiser, smarter. That's really important. Now, a lot of people think because people are staying at home, and they say one-third of the employees may end up staying at home. One out of five believes they should stay at home. But here's a a people problem that I think is going to reverse that. I don't think it's going to be a mass exodus from the office because after two years, you know what's going to happen? The people who actually show up to the office, they get promotions. Because when you're out of sight, you're kind of out of mind. And when you're in a screen with 20 other people and you're just a little box, like a little square, kind of hard to get that promotion. After two years, you're like, man, I'm not getting promoted. Jenny's going into the office and she's getting promoted because she's doing water cooler talk and she's there you know what, I need to get out of my house and start going back to work. So ultimately, yes, people will migrate away from the office space, but when they realize that they're not gonna get those promotions, because you have to be there in someone's sight for them to see that you're a leader, harder to do on the internet, people will start trickling back. And after all, you know, the the Twin Towers got knocked down years and years ago, and people thought, no more office space, no one's gonna go to offices anymore. Hey, people forget. Yeah, Yeah, I know. I know these things will keep happening. You know, there'll be more and more of these uh, diseases, but people forget, and they forget within three years.
1: Yeah, it's that human condition, right? If if you rewind back nine, 10 months ago, right? The beginning of the year, people probably be like, I hate going to the office, the commute, it's horrible, right? And now it seems it's like it's almost like a shift where I got to get out of the house. I can't wait to get back to the office. And like you said, those water cooler talks or in the break room, those those conversations that you can't have. It seems like every conversation hour was scheduled, right? And, and uh, okay, well, this time from that time, okay, we have to go on Zoom. Like you said, all a bunch of squares all together. We are humans. We're supposed to be together. We're supposed to be, you know, interacting with each other, obviously in a safe way, but these are the things to consider so that, you know, if you are
0: getting back in that space or offering or have those, you're taken out. Sorry, go ahead, Matt. And those internal politics make a difference. My brother is in Belize, my sister is in the US, my other sister is in Ancaster, I'm in a different city. My parents are in a different city. So we still talk to each other on WhatsApp, but you know what, it's not the same when you're there. Because when we're together, just being together. There's something called the bud, a collaboration that happens when you're with great people. I think one of the biggest problems is going to be, number one, productivity will fall. We have to learn. Really, we're supposed to learn over the next three or four years how to be productive still being at home, dealing with your dog, having to walk in 10 times new, uh, your kids, the fact that the refrigerator is right there. It's a problem I have. and On top of it all, You know, you have your spouse and everything else to deal with as you're talking, like, oh, sorry, sorry. You know what? That's the ambulance, you know, or you're hearing stuff. That's kind of hard. The second thing is mental health. I mean, the fact is, people do need some kind of um, uh, getting together with people. And so I think people will migrate away from the offices, but they will come back again because I've seen a report where it said working at the office is not the greatest and working at home only is not the greatest. But here's the beauty a hybrid of both is the most healthy for people because it creates a better work-life balance. So things are not gonna go back to the way they were. They're gonna change to a hybrid system. And one of the biggest businesses that you can get into is how do you balance measuring productivity with people who are working at home and working at the office and trying to keep that up there and at the same time balancing out mental health, tying it together with you are losing all that, you know, the ability to get promoted because you're losing that lock, that you know water cooler talk. I know this is all about people, not about property. But people drive property. People yeah. drive what type of rentals are available. And I've always focused on people first, not location. People first, and then property second. And I've always been right using that system.
2: And that just goes back to when you were talking about how culture and environment, I mean, the office space creates a lot of that, right. And, you know, picking a company, I don't have a job anymore, but when I had a job like culture and environment was actually like first before how much money I get. Right. Like, I mean, it was all kind of similar give or take, but the the culture and environment will also keep somebody there. A couple of years ago I was offered 50 K more by the competitor to, to switch over. And I'm like, it's not worth it because I don't, know that culture and the environment it's you know they say it's a certain way but I don't know for sure I'd rather stay in a culture and environment like and I've quit on jobs before and companies before that didn't have that right and it goes back to office space and it goes back to just being together so I do agree with you that I think the best combo is going to be a hybrid of being at home and like just like having a little bit of autonomy when you can schedule it in but like so like for me I started scheduling days with Laurel and Catherine at our right club office so that I can at least have, you know, a real live person in front of me. Cause I'll tell you the zoom calls get really annoying and really tiring to do over and over and all day long. So it's definitely important to, to be out there. So what's, what's next for you? Like in terms of acquisitions, like what are you looking for to add to your portfolio or what are you doing today? Um, even not necessarily to add, but also to mitigate potential downside.
0: Well, I do believe that people will tend to, a portion of them will tend to move away from, let's say, the urban area, and they will move more to the suburbs. I believe that. So I think the suburbs will need more smaller satellite offices. And when I say a smaller office, somebody might need 600 square feet, or somebody might need an office where uh, it's closer to home. So there's less transition, there's less uh, car time, they're closer to home, they come into the, the main office to do, the major things that have to be done for team building, but then they go away to the satellite office and they end up doing certain things and then moving to their homes. So again, I'm probably going to look to build uh, probably three-story uh, buildings where I'm having one level retail, but smart retail. So medical retail, hey, pizza works all the time and a variety store, convenience stores work all the time. And the second third level would be, again, more of a satellite type of business. But uh, another, another thing about the building, you have to really now focus on what am I offering? When someone goes to work, can they do three things at that building? Can they get some medical? Can they get their pharmacy stuff? Can they get their dry cleaning? I wouldn't dry clean on the spot. That's an environmental issue. Ship it away. And can they actually you know have four things done at that at that building? Because in the past people would just rent have my space. Now it's like you have to make that space wiser and smarter to help somebody complete their, their day's activity right so that's what i'm looking to build probably three story putting the right combination of people of businesses to help somebody complete a thought like when i go to the store if i'm going to buy a suit i need to buy a tie i need to buy socks i need to buy a shirt i need to buy pants i need to go to four different stores to do that right so it's having smarter combinations of um of businesses in your business and that's important
1: yeah those- those complimenting things. And, and I'll go to all the stores to buy all the ties and suits and uh, and pants and stuff like do. that. But you're right. You <laughs> but uh, you have to find the right one. But you're right. If it's, if it's closer to that shirt or that blazer, then yeah, it is more convenient and more stop
2: shopping every day. I, I feel like okay. <laughs> this, this, anyways, it is what it is what it is. But guys, Alfonso has like hundred times more pairs of shoes than me just saying
0: yeah
1: and i got nowhere to wear them now that's the worst thing about this covid right so now i'm back to just the comfortable <laughs> shoes in the house but, but you're, you're definitely right you, you have to have those complementing businesses that are that are convenient and making it easier for people that is differentiating than what, what people are normal and used to because it's not even that people that's a human condition people will get used to that and just bored but now they're forced to get away from what was usual and normal because uh, of, of the health reasons, right? Of everything that's been going on. So um, having and being prepared for that is key.
0: It's true. Um, people, people want more, you know, they don't just want to rent anymore. They want more. They want, they want uh, more convenience. So that's where we're going. Yeah. We have smarter rental systems.
2: Awesome. I mean, we can keep asking you tons of questions about commercial real estate. I mean, we'll have you back at some point. I feel like you've been on these podcasts, I don't know, maybe four or five times already.
0: But um, the next right? hour, every single time.
2: (laughs) The next part of the podcast is lightning round. So you may know these questions or you may not, but Alfonso and I are going to ask you a series of four questions. You're going to give us the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? Okay, let's go. And check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email, daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. All right, so here's the first one. What is the best advice that you have ever received from another investor or at a networking event?
0: I'd probably say that uh, you really wanna be able to find properties off market. I heard this a long time ago. And if you can find properties off market, then you do better at buy, fix, sell. You do better at where you do better at rent to own, you do better at commercial and different things. So it's really learning to find properties off market, which is the hardest thing to do because there is a certain amount of, let's say negativity that you might receive or even rejection. You're asking somebody to do something and they were not planning to do. It. But with the hardest thing comes the most rewards, so finding off market deals. Skill set you got to focus on. I'll keep these answers short. <laughs> well,
1: I love that. That's you got to do something different, right? Be be unique. So, question number two: What is your favorite resource for real estate investing? So that could be anything like a book, training, a person, a certain event, something like that. What's your favorite resource?
0: Yeah, there's a show called Star Trek: The Next Generation, and I watch it. That's number one. Because like
2: sorry, this is like not a joke. This is for real. Okay, I'm interested.
0: For real. real. <laughs> You know, I watch it because it's not really about space, it's about the social condition, situations that people go through, and I'm forced to look at it from the outside because it's in space, as opposed to look at it from the inside. It helps me to deal with real people every day. And the second thing I do is I look at the military. What is the military doing right now to improve its ability? You know, like a fighter jet can talk to a fighter jet, can talk to an artillery guy, can talk to a soldier. How is that combined arms working? And how can I do that same sort of interaction combined arms with all of the people on my power team? So I see how the military does it. I try to do it too. I look at Star Trek, the human condition. I look at the military for the systems condition. I mean, why reinvent the wheel? It's already there, right?
2: Yeah, that's true. You used I, to
0: thought, be I thought you- was that?
2: Were you in the military? I think you were in the military.
0: Yeah, I was a soldier. I was in the reserves for maybe nine years. Uh, and uh, I was also on a peacekeeping force out in Africa and also in, um, in Cyprus. I was a peacekeeping force in Cyprus. So it was a good experience and not too so good. Experience.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. Next question. What is the one attribute, in your opinion, that has made you most successful?
0: Yeah, I think fortune favors the bold, which means I literally will try something. Even if I think I'm going to fail, I'm going to try it. And if I do fail, I'm going to learn from it. So I think that's really important. I don't really have that fear to go out there and, you know, try new things. And also taking a leadership role. You know, I remember maybe like when I was a college teacher, I was out one evening and there was a fight happening. All these guys around one guy and this big guy there he was beating up a little guy. And I went, to, I went to drive home because I was tired. But my friend said, let's go save that guy. Well, I ended up saving the little guy, but the big guy wanted to fight me. And in the end, all the people circling around were his friends. They all jumped on me. And I'm like, man, I'm getting beaten up here. I'm not a soldier. I'm getting beaten up by civilians. But you know what? I took leadership. And I saved that kid. And at some point, I got pretty mad. And I, I, I turned into a beast. I started throwing people left, right, and center. But again, all I to say is my best ability is I'll take leadership. It's not given. It's taken. So I got beaten up. Went to school the next day with a you know bloody high and some little guy kicked me in the back. That's all I remember. The little guy walking to me, kicked me in the back. I saw him outside of my eye. But again, leadership and being bold. Don't get into fights, folks. I'm just saying. It <laughs> <incredible experience. laughs>
1: awesome. Awesome. And uh, yeah, and if that guy's listening, yeah, we, we all are going to get you back. Don't worry. Uh, that's right. Which is <laughs> right. awesome. All right. So the last question of the lightning round on a typical Sunday morning, What are you up to? What are you doing?
0: You know what? My dad's 87 years old and mom's 85. So for the last uh, three weeks, I've been going up to the cottage with my dad. I drive up. I've heard the stories a thousand times. But, you know, I said to my dad, you know, dad, you're like my best friend. He goes, you're my only friend. Because when you're 87 years old, most of your friends are dead. And I spend so much time with him because I know one day he won't be there. And I do not let my wealth or the, the let's say, uh, desire for wealth blind me to what's real and what money cannot buy again. So I make sure I appreciate that. Number two, I just helped one of my students get a six-unit building. And he's like, okay, what's next? What's next? I go, no, cool it. Go home, relax, enjoy it. What I forgot to do with a lot of my, my first 15 properties is to enjoy it. Sit back and watch it and realize you did it, you planned it, and you got it done, enjoy it, forget about trying to get the next one, enjoy it, and then get the next one, so those two things, what is really valuable, what money can't replace, and also enjoying what you've done, because even both of you, if I look at what you guys have achieved, how it's crazy, hopefully you spend the time sitting back saying, you know what, I enjoy it, you guys are enjoying it, correct? i am now that i don't
1: have the nine-to-five job anymore that's good good. absolutely yeah i see i see more teeth in sarah's smile these days that that's definitely for sure it's a bigger it's a much bigger smile that's for sure and 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 that's so true and and i think that that's great advice as, as we wrap up the podcast here is that you have to be in love and enjoying the pursuit of all the goals that we want to achieve once once you get that goal and you have that like yeah, it's great, but you always want to get onto to that next one, that pursuit and enjoying it along the way is so key. So um, for the members of the Right Club Nation that don't already know you, that don't already love you, um, and have been introduced to you on this amazing podcast, how can they get in touch with you?
0: You know what? They can uh, hit my website. It's uh, six letters, rccsol.com. Even my, my email, Matthew, with one T, M-A-T-H-E-W, dot rccsol.com. Uh, drop me a line, say hi, mention the right club. Obviously I give the right club, you know, preferential treatment. They're like a family, amazing group. And what you guys do just, again, uh, I find just, just amazing. You know, you're there for other people, uh, not just yourself. And to me, like that's service above self. I love that. I I respect it.
2: Thank you. That's awesome. And we always ask this at the end, any final last words of advice for the right club nation?
0: You know what? uh, Keep at it. Keep at it. And uh, take one step at a time. Take one step at a time. Don't get that on yourself when things don't work out. And uh, just know that uh, every step you take will move you in a different direction. The important thing is moving in a direction. You don't want to be still water. Still water smells. So ultimately, you want to be running water. Okay? So be running water. Be running water. That's my my, uh, message to the right nation.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much, Matt, for being on the show. And I'm sure we'll have you back again, because you are probably the most recurring guest we've had.
1: (laughs) One of the favorites, for sure. Thanks, Thanks, Matt. My pleasure, guys what a great chat always lovely uh, talking with mr. Frederick and uh, he's got so much experience from different aspects and different things that he's gone through over 30 years of investing seeing different things how to adapt how to change we we're talking specifically about the uh, the commercial space and you know people you think are eventually going to get back together and they want to get together all the dynamics and a safe way to do it but uh, always good talking to Matt what did uh, what were some of your takeaways Sarah yeah I mean I think
2: it's just A great opportunity I think overall just to be able to look into this asset class and you know the I think the commercial sector will be hit maybe a little bit harder than even the residential sector and it's just figuring out how to make it work and he gave us some great tips in there and what types of businesses are going to work well and and you know how to find some different opportunities so I think all of that was was great insight what about you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I really like that. you know, we were talking about the different types of real estate and, and we always, you know, uh, not we, but a lot of people get stuck in the idea of the actual building and the structure. Oh, it's a five unit or it's this, or it's that type of property. But what Matt really focuses in on the people, the people that are actually going to be renting or living or, Uh, the businesses that are going to be working in those units, right? And focusing in on that problem, right? It's like the, it's like the, the side effects are the, the people don't look at the cause. They look at the side effects, right? And and what happens from it. So going deeper and looking at those things, I think really makes him dynamic. It makes him unique. um, And it's a good Testament for all of us and, and some tips for us to take that look at it. So I, I really love that. And there's going to be a lot more of, of that kind of stuff on the Right Club community on the rightclub.com. So much information, uh, useful stuff, mindset things. Um, we have the, the calendar with all of our events on there, our forums, the chat. I, I want to personally thank all of the Right Club Nation. I sent out, uh, I have, I don't know, a bunch of connections on, on the Right Club website. And I sent out a happy Thanksgiving to I would say over 100 people. And I've, now I've started conversations with each one of them. And, and it's been really great connecting with new people with old names faces so uh that's the way that i've been kind of getting my uh networking fill in the meantime before we can get back in person and together so definitely if you haven't already get on the rightclub.com i know sarah's on there she's got a bunch of information that she's going to be putting up there soon and uh it's going to be awesome
2: absolutely and don't forget rate, review the podcast if you are an avid listener and you've been binge watching we'd love to hear your feedback and right club nation thank you for tuning in alfonso what do we say